John, please. And after these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee, for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of Booth, was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may behold your works which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. And they were kind of challenging him. Saying, you know, all this that you claim to be, that we witness that you are doing, why are you, why are you keeping it all secret? I mean, who really are you? And, and in verse 7, there's more information is given to us, rather. Verse 5, for not even his brothers were believing in him. Now imagine they grew up with him, right? What, that, you know it's like being around your relatives and they go, oh, you, you know Tony. He, and then you, you know, and we talk about each other and your relatives know who you are. Imagine, uh, if you will, Aunt um, Elizabeth and Uncle Zach, Zachariah, right? I mean, you know, they have something to say about Jesus. Six months ago, if you will, earlier will be John, uh, their son. They say, yeah, you know, this is your cousin. And they had to talk about Jesus. Mama, you know, Mama said something about Jesus, right? I mean, this was a miraculous birth. And so Mama told those boys and that girl or, or girls that there's something you need to know about Jesus. And yet, even though the family and, and mom and et cetera, et cetera, talked about Jesus, his brothers didn't believe in him. Now, I don't know about you, but when you think about life and the struggles of life, if you grow up and you see something, you kind of believe it. They witnessed some things about Jesus. I can't tell you what they witnessed exactly. But they, one, one thing we know they knew is that he was very different from the rest. And they still didn't believe. Later on in their, in their walk, Acts chapter 1, uh, I want to show you if, you, if I could, at least two of these brothers, the manifold wisdom and the grace of God. In verse 14 it says, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Somewhere along the way, they gained some faith. Not a faith like ours, because it's not really faith for them. It's they saw it. We just believe it. Right? Why would they struggle? Later on, they did not struggle. But we'll read, and, and you study the book of James, and you study the book of Jude, and you listen to them speak, and you realize, oh, they got it. Right? They got it. But it took them a while to get it. So when you think about your faith and you're growing in Christ, give yourself the time, but keep working at it, right? And never, ever give up. Look at John chapter 1, please. John chapter 1. So the, uh, the apostles uh, come along, and, and there's Nathaniel. And down in verse 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him, and he said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no God. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called, I called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, 
Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to them, or him rather, Truly, truly, I say to you, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's look at some more eyewitnesses. So the the family had to know who Jesus was. And yet they struggled in their belief or in their faith or their walk of faith. They were eyewitnesses. Matthew chapter 6, please. They were eyewitnesses of the miracles. As we studied this morning, show us a sign. They got to see all these signs of God. But you know they struggle with the idea that he would die and that he would be resurrected. They struggled in their walk of faith, even in simple trusting faith. Listen to Matthew 6 and verse 30. Jesus is on the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to everyone, even the apostles. And he says, But if God so raised the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you? Oh, men of little faith. Now, I'm, I'm applying this to myself, right? Here I am in my, in my office, and I'm studying this, and I'm wondering, all right, preacher, your faith has to grow even more than it's grown before. Matthew chapter 14. He's talking to the apostles, and now they've, they've heard many things, and they've seen many things, and supposedly they're growing in their faith. And then Jesus walks on water. Now that should be enough, right? When is enough ever enough though? So Matthew chapter 14, he's walking on water, verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were frightened saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, well he just said it was him. Right? You see the faith thing? He just told you who he was. Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But then something happened. He took his eyes off of Jesus. And maybe that's what gets me. Maybe that's what gets you. We, we, we're living life and we're doing well and we begin to struggle the minute we take our eyes off of Jesus. Because the next verse, 30 says, but seeing the wind, wasn't the wind behind Jesus? Right? It was all over the place. He was on the ocean or on the sea rather. But seeing the wind, he became afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand. That's amazing too, right? How far away was Jesus, right? I mean, Peter was walking toward Jesus. He began to sink wherever Jesus was. He was no longer there. All of a sudden, he was right there holding on to Peter's hand. That's why it says immediately. Immediately, he is there, took his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, Oh, you of 
little faith, why did you doubt? I don't know. Why, why do I doubt God sometimes? Look at chapter 16, verse 5. 16 and verse 5. And the disciples came to the other side and had forgotten to take bread. And Jesus said to them, Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began to discuss among themselves, saying, It is because we took no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, You men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Oh, yeah, that's just right. We did do that. How do you forget something like that? They're human. They're just like us. We get our minds off of Jesus, and we start thinking about life as it goes on, and we just forget, and we move on, and then a trial comes, and we forget, and then we go, oh, yeah, remember, I can pray about this. <laughs> because our faith sometimes isn't even, isn't even simple trusting faith. It just dwindles. Or the 7,000, or the seven loaves of, of the 4,000, how many large baskets you took up. Don't you remember? Yeah. Well, why are you struggling with your faith? And maybe it's, maybe it's important for us to take an inventory every day about what God has done for us. From the very beginning to the very end. Just in that day. Chapter 17. So that we do not forget. Verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Well, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. So by now you start thinking, Maybe, why, why didn't they have, They could even perform miracles. Why did they struggle so much? Now, I'm not questioning them in the sense of saying, if I were there, I would do better. But I'm wondering about my own life, and I'm asking myself, why do you struggle so much? In verse 20 again, he says to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Turn back to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Let's start at verse 35. Matthew 4 and verse 35. Ooh, I'm in the wrong place, aren't I? Mark chapter 4. I heard, uh, Pat, say, that's right. Mark 4.35. The sea. Back on the sea. Jesus steals the sea. And on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. Now, now it would be one thing if he's talking to just ordinary people. But he's talking to professional fishermen. They're on the water all the time, church. They know the sea. Right? They've been through some stuff out there on the sea. 
And leaving the multitude, they took him along with them, just as he was in the boat, and the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. And when he himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion, and they awoke and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are about to die? <laughs> right? We're perishing. What a question to ask Jesus. <laughs> what a question to ask the Messiah. Do you not care? You're, you're down here sleeping and we're going through this, you know, the rough waters. Do you, do you not care? And being aroused, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. That's not even a wow moment. That's a I believe moment. And he said to them, Why are you, why are you so timid? How is it that you have no faith? And you notice when Jesus asks these questions often, there's no answer. They just sit there like, it's the same thing he's asking us. Of all the things that God has done for you in your life, and all the times that God has rescued you and blessed you and saved you and comforted you, all the things that God has done for you, that you could stand back and say, I know that was God. Thank you, God. Why do you forget those moments in your walk of faith? Why do I forget those moments in my walk of faith. Aren't you thankful that God is patient with us and that God was patient with them and moved them along instead of being fed up and so frustrated with them saying, what am I going to do? What can I do to make you believe? He just kept walking them along patiently and gently. He brought them along. And you know what's amazing about these men and what I love the most about reading the littleness of their faith? It's encouraging to me. Because these men became the great pillars of faith. These are the men who rose up. These are the men and women who rose up. And when the question was asked, do you want to live for Jesus or die today? They said, I'm going to live for Jesus. And if I die today, so be it. These men and women, they became the great pillars of faith. They became our faith giants, if you will. And God worked with them. All the way. So when I read about the littleness of faith, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because I know that God is still working with me every day. And God is patient. And God is bringing me along. God is bringing you along. Look at John chapter 6, please. He's bringing you along in this, in this simple act of trusting faith. Just being encouraged every day. Whatever you get from here. From your brethren or, or from the word or whatever you gain throughout your day. Try to remember it. Write it down. Don't forget it. Recite it in your prayers. That just lengthens our prayers, doesn't it? Because God is doing so much for us. Some folks even walked away when they heard the word. It's just too much. In verse 16, many therefore of his disciples... When they heard this, the preaching of Jesus, right? Said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause 
you to stumble. And yes, it did. And sometimes you might hear a message that might cause you to stumble. But take a moment, step back and reflect on your relationship with the Lord and your own life. And get up and keep pursuing Jesus. But here's the problem. The problem is, sometimes we're greater followers of man than we are of God. And so can you imagine that as the folks began to grumble and communicate, that they talked about what Jesus spoke of, and instead of saying, Jesus, I, I don't understand what you mean. Please give me time to understand it and teach me more. The Bible says in verse 66, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. And Jesus therefore said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Sometimes I know that we look around and we, you know, we see a really large crowd and and then we see a smaller crowd and then we see a huge crowd. We wonder, where where did everyone go? Instead of looking around, church, Let's keep looking up, right? We just got to look up. Peter said, we believe, verse 69, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And even though people around us may not be able to receive the message or, or struggling in their faith and they may walk away, instead of looking around, just keep looking up. Because that's where God is. And that's where we're supposed to have our faith. In Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. I want to begin over at verse uh, 43. Mark 14 in verse 43. Imagine being here for just a moment. Jesus has uh, left the Garden of Gethsemane. He's been strengthened by the Holy Spirit. They're strengthened by God. And you're watching this. And you see the Messiah in distress. And you really don't know what's going to happen. Although you heard Jesus say it time and time again. He's told them what's about to happen. But over in verse 43. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came up, accompanied by a multitude with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, that he who was betraying him had given them a signal, saying, Whomever I shall kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And after coming, he immediately went to him, saying, Rabbi, and kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But a certain one of those who stood by drew his sword, struck the high, the slave of the high priest, and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said to him, Have you come out with me with swords and clubs to arrest me as against a robber? Every day I was with you in the temple teaching. You did not seize me. But this has happened that the scripture might be fulfilled. And then the Bible says, 
they all left him. So you walk with Jesus and your faith has grown. And Judas shocks you. And they arrest Jesus. Peter cuts off Malchus's ear. Jesus puts it back on. And yet still, verse 50 says, and they all left him and fled. And how intense was this moment? You know, you, you think about the situation and go, well, how intense was this moment? It had to be so intense. That there was fear in their hearts. The very things that Jesus has taught them not to do. Do not be afraid of man who can kill your body but is unable to kill your soul. Rather, I tell you whom to fear. Fear him who can kill your body and soul in hell. Matthew 10, 28. And yet they were still the real human beings. They were afraid. They were terrified. They left their faith for just a moment. They didn't have enough faith for just a moment. And they all left Jesus. It was a very intense moment. A very intense hour. Verse 51. And a certain young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body. And they seized him, but he left his linen sheet behind and escaped naked. I mean, I think the Bible's trying to show you how intense this scene, this scene was. These men came out. To kill. And they didn't have enough faith to stay with Jesus. Life gets hard. And when you look back at life, sometimes maybe there are some trials in your life that were hard. And you're still kicking yourself because of the way you handled them. God brought you through it. And you're saying, I wish I had more faith. Just put that in your memory bank. And hold on to that trial and that time when you can say, I know God was with me. And even though you find that sometimes you have littleness of faith, you just keep on keeping on with Jesus. You just keep on walking for the Lord. You see, God worked with these men. Turn please to Luke chapter 17. He worked with these men, even knowing that they would have littleness of faith. Knowing that one day, at some point and some time, that faith is going to grow. And that's us. In Luke 17, verse 3. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. I can do that, Jesus. Pat yourself on the back. I got that. Forgiveness, no problem. All right. No sweat. And Jesus, I'm not finished yet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lord. Didn't mean to interrupt you. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. Seven times a day, Lord? In the same day? Wait, the same brother? Mm -hmm. The same sin? Yeah. Verse, verse 5. And the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. And, you know, if I've got to have that much forgiveness, I'm going to need more faith. Right? That sounds about human, doesn't it? It sounds human. 
That's what we are, church. That's who we are. And in verse 6 it says, The Lord said to him, If you have had faith like a mustard seed, here it goes again, another, another way being stated to us. He would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. I mean, can you just have a, a little bit of faith? Let's, let's close in, in John chapter 20. God is patiently working with his children all along the way every single day. Thank you, God. And so when I find myself struggling with my faith, I just need to step back for a moment and pray. And during that prayer, make that a prayer of thanksgiving and begin to think about all the things that God has done for you and how God has carried you along all this way and that God who has gotten you through will get you through again. In John chapter 20 in verse 27 then he said to Thomas reach here your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side and be not unbelieving but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that's you. That's us. Right? Blessed are you. Wait, he's talking to the apostle and he says, you guys are blessed, there's no doubt. You're blessed, but I got some other folks I want to talk to you about. I want to talk about the church today. Blessed is the church today. Blessed are Christians today. Blessed are they who did not see and yet believe. Blessed are you. You are blessed. And Jesus says it. And you can take that to the bank. The lesson is yours. If I can help, if we can help in any way, if there's anything we can do or that you can do for someone else, Let's do it today. If we can help in any way, please come. While together we stand and sing our song of invitation.